Hey everyone, it's David here. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in for this season of Hottest 100s and Thousands. I would uh, personally like to dedicate uh, this episode and every episode of this season to the late, great James Cruikshank. James, as you might know, was a founding member, guitarist and keyboardist in The Cruel Sea, uh, who sadly passed away uh, from cancer. He was 53. Uh, as some of you may know, uh, The Cruel Sea were the first band that I ever saw live, and uh, I hold all of his work across the years in the highest of regard, an absolutely incredible performer in one of the most crucially underrated bands of all time, in my humble opinion. Uh, so this is for James Crookshank. Rest in peace. All right, set it off. Set it off. Boom. Except it's not that. Man, that's alternative. Man, that's alternative to alternative. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been named hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name, as always, and forever shall be, is David James Young. (laughs) Unchanging. Yeah, unchanging. I'm not changing that for you or anybody, man. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again for season three, Mr. Adam Boncher. More things change, more things stay the same. Mr. Andrew McDonald. So happy to be here, David. And Mr. Nathan Harrison. It is good to be back. Ain't it? Yeah. Ain't it, Jay? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's season three, people. We are here once again in the glorious surrounds of... We're nearly up to date. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Just we're nearly finished. <laughs> we're only 20 years away from yeah. being up to Yeah, date. because as we as we all have internalised, it was only five years ago. Yeah, so. it's true. It's true. We're doing just fine, all things considered. But we're doing seasons about, like, you know, one a little less than a year, so we're slowly catching up. Yeah, we should yeah. be there in another 30, 40 years, Who probably. knows? Who knows? <laughs> in our 60s. <laughs> By the time we talk about Vance Joy, we'll all be heads, like in Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, I've never heard this song before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, Andrew, that's I haven't heard this song for 500 years. <laughs> it was in a bank ad, though, I think. <laughs> Remember when we had banks yeah. before the fall of the empire? <laughs> no, I don't. It was too long ago. <laughs> Uh, well, we're taking you back to 1995. And what better way to take you back to 1995 than a parody of 60s folk music? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Todd Snyder at number 100. This is Talking Seattle Grunge Rock Blues. Hey, hey, my, my, rock and roll will never die. Just hang your hair down in your ass, you'll make a million dollars. I was in this band going nowhere fast. We sent out demos, but everybody passed. So one day we finally took the plunge, moved out to Seattle to play some grunge. Washington State, that is. Space Needle. Eddie better. Mutton, honey. Now to fit in fast, we wear flannel shirts. We turn our amps up until it hurts. We got bad attitudes, and what's more, when we play, we stare straight down at the floor while we pretty scary. How pensive. How totally alternative. Now to fit in on the Seattle scene, you gotta do something they ain't never seen. So thinking up a gimmick one day, we decided to be the only band that wouldn't play a note under any circumstances. Silence, music's original alternative. Roots grunge. Todd Snyder kicking us off for the 1995 Hottest 100 with his song Talking Seattle Grunge Blues. We've talked a lot about grunge music in the last two seasons. We've got to yeah. talk a shit ton about Soundgarden. We've talked a little bit about Alice in Chains. Uh, we got to talk about Nirvana. And now we're at a point where grunge is effectively dead, kind of, sort of. And so we're kind of 
almost looking back at it nostalgically, which is weird for 1995. Mm. When we you're reached- listing all those bands, I was about to say, oh, you forgot that other one, but I can't even remember the name. Oh, I think you're so Stone many- Temple Pilots, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. I couldn't remember their name to remark on how we forgot about that. You were thinking of Bush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers uh, act like they forgot about Bush. But Bush is technically post-grunge, isn't yes, it? Yes, of course, yeah. And yeah, indeed, yeah. we will be talking about Bush in... Don't 1996. Yeah, we've got one more year, Andy. All right, just, just hold on. Oh, don't let the days go by, I my friend. I think I'll be away that week. <laughs> be washing your hair. <laughs> Probably sh- shacking up with Gwen Stefani, you know, like that. That, 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 that gate's wide open it. now. Don't even tease me about it. <laughs> don't speak. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's what I'm uh, saying. All right, we're distracting from the work of Mr. Todd Snyder. Adam, what you got? Yeah, well, we've gone from talking about Seattle grunge to talking about talking about Seattle yeah, grunge. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've, yeah, hit yeah. The, we've hit the meta now. This is community. We've um, come full circle. Yeah. It's the darkest it, timeline. Is this the darkest timeline? I don't think it's a great timeline. Yeah. Honestly, I think I completely understand why this is number 100. And number 100, I think, is a really, really interesting spot. I almost look forward to beginning a new season, apart from getting the band back together and hitting the road. Mm. By the fact that we get to talk about a new number 100 song. Yeah. Because it's always just fascinating to see what just got in. Yeah. And this one is pretty clear why it just got in. There is obviously a lot of really disaffected people who, over the last couple of years, didn't throw in with the grunge crowd and are pretty vocal about that. And they chose to express that by getting behind this guy, who was also pretty vocal about the fact that he didn't get behind the Seattle grunge movement. And I have to admit that this kind of song kind of gets me offside. Someone expressing their distaste for a particular music movement inside their own art and sniping in the way that they are. I think it's more affectionate than that. Well, I mean, I'm interested to hear your opinion on that. But for me, what I get is just complete and utter bitterness. And, Mm. you know, like, the same kind of people who walk around today... And talk about the goddamn hipsters and complaining about hipsters and being 300 times more annoying than the hipsters Mm. actually are, says the guy wearing the Neutral Milk Hotel (laughs) t-shirt. That's what, like, the 1995 equivalent is, is is this guy. Snyder's a kind of perfect last name (laughs) for this dude in this this track. I just think, like, the damage done by anti-culture culture is far more damaging than what they purport yeah. the damage of for the sure, culture sure. actually is. And you're a folk musician. Like, it just it just comes off as the fact that, man, why do people like this quote-unquote real music that I'm making? Why aren't I making millions of dollars? Like, maybe that's not what he's doing. Maybe it is maybe it is softer than that. But the fact that I can read that, and that's the first impression that I get, and it's such a strong impression that puts me so offside, uh, means, I mean, it's not that's not coming out of nowhere. No, no, no. So that's kind of... And I just think... Also, kind of poor timing. We are talking about a movement that essentially ended by the suicide of of Kurt Cobain. I don't think it's terribly malicious, but if you weren't throwing in with the grunge crowd, then you would be sick to the teeth of how Kurt was being immortalized. And, like, the same way we're sick to the teeth of it right now. Like, the way people treated his death is is crass and and if you don't like yeah. want to idolize everything about that then it's a real turn off but I is it see- any less crass to Shit on a movement oh, after yeah, I, after the the like one of the pioneers of that movement has just killed themselves. Whether it's 1995 like, or whether it's today, defining yourself and how you express yourself to others by what you don't like is something you do if you need to grow up. Especially <laughs> when you are in the same field, like when you are essentially trading in the same commodity, yeah. and, you, and yours is less in stock. Like, sorry, man, that you weren't good enough to come up with the cultural force that was grunge. Yeah, sounds- sorry that people don't like folk as much as you think that they should. <laughs> it sounds like this sounds like a 95 year old dude. Complaining about the kids on his lawn to me. Yeah. It's yeah. That yelling it's, at clouds. Yeah, and that fucking the alternative to alternative bit. The notes that I have here, and this is going to get us the explicit label pretty quickly. I must have been, I must have been upset when I wrote this. We're 100% grade A pig fucking garbage, so I imagine that I didn't like this when I heard it. I've this, seen you in that mood before. This is a terrible song. I, yeah, thank I think you. this is fucking awful. This Great. is, uh, yeah, more like Toad Snyder, I think. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Toad Snyder. Oh. I come with a clever one. Make up your goddamn mind, man. Yeah. What yeah, did you write? Did you write Turtle Toad? I didn't write anything. <laughs> that, that, that was great A improv from AMAC over here. Oh, <laughs> killing it. Yeah. You think of other songs that I guess, like, parody or make fun of explicit things. They want sprung to mind. Bedroom for me. Philosopher, the, the hipster song. 
the heat. Oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm so post. I'm so post. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, but no, no, no. But also the other one about Northcote. Yeah. So hungover. Northcote. Yeah, yeah. Northcote. Yeah. Like it's it's that song. Yeah. Uh, Twenty years ago. But I think that that's much better. The bedroom philosopher one. I think. Um, and I what I also thought of was um not so much making fun of the musical thing, but to a certain degree when the Dead Kennedys made fun of New Wave with Pull My Strings, which mm. was an improv like quasi improvised live performance. Classic so, improv AMAC. Yeah, which is um, <laughs> that's, that's your vibe this season. Yeah, yeah. But that like that song is obviously going to turn into Wayne Brady. Worship. <laughs> It'll just like the the, the poster art for uh, this season will be Andrew against a red brick wall. Just seeing <laughs> oh, the spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew with the, yeah. with the plain black shirt that's tucked in. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't talk about anything more current than the nineties. Yeah. Which is fitting. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I've obviously rolled up and I'm like shrugging and the title of it is just like whose Mac is it anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah. what's the go yeah. what is the go yeah. what is the deal people yeah the deal is this is a bad song I do not make this deal fair enough but look <laughs> I honestly didn't think it was that bad like obviously to be like oh I like everything I'm DJ Wise <laughs> but seriously it was just toothless and obvious and just it's a number 100 in a Triple J Hottest 100 like toothless is the right word I don't think it took any like super savage swipes at anyone or it's just it, it was more to do with major label obsession I think it's the same with uh, Signing Emo by MC Lars or something like that, where it's just like, oh, well, this music's super popular right now. We need to find a band that does that. Sure. Yeah. yeah okay. All the, all the record label stuff in the song, I thought, worked the best out of all of it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. You're just being snarky about how the market is treating a genre of music. I think that's fine. I... Yeah. But it still seems like a sore loser. Like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't it seems think so, like because at this point, he's been doing what he does for a lot longer than this. It's not like... If he hasn't made a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he probably never did. But I yeah. also, like, I don't know. I, I kind of laughed at the... Um, we told him we were from Seattle, and he said two and a half million. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I don't think it's without its cleverness in places. Like, I think the, all, the, all the alternative alternative stuff, like, it's... Uh, it's a little bit ham-fisted. It's a little oh, bit yeah, obvious. Yeah. I mean, you can, there's, a, there's a logic of cleverness But like in I said, there's, I there's also I read it as more of just an affectionate snark than a malicious, I missed out on this, so I'm cranky that I haven't made money. Like, that's, I didn't sure. get that vibe from it. I was just like, oh, yeah, like, I can understand him playing that to a room of people and everyone having a bit of a laugh, and it's, like, it's just what it is, because everyone's like, man, haven't the last five years of our life just been grunge? Like, yeah. You know, it's it's that's just what it is. Also, I think interesting, um, just the comparisons to well, whatever link to Damien Cowell's Disco Machine. I thought the exact same thing. I often thought of Damien Cowell's Disco Machine in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah because silence. he's talking about uh, making a style of music as silence, yeah, um, as a reaction to commercialization of music and, yeah. and stuff like that, yeah, and, and saying it has no worth. Um, for everyone that doesn't know, um, Damien Cowell, the previously uh, of Tism, I'm on the drug. Previously of Tism, I wonder if we'll hear from them soon. <gasps> Um, I'm so excited. I can't even say that. Yeah. Uh, he he put out a solo album earlier this year called Damien Cow's Disco Machine, the title track of which is him accidentally posting uh, a track of Silence to SoundCloud which and it's blowing up and becoming a global sensation. In, 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 in a pop mainstream way, not in a cage yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, right. So like when, when that happened in this song, I was like, oh yeah, well, there you yeah. go. Like it's, it's very yeah. much the same sort of narrative, but... Yeah. In Todd Snyder's song, is just talking about the commercialization of grunge. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't have that big a problem with yeah. it. And also, it also just like the, the the way he uses the term alternative. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. it's the alternative to music. Like, but like that's again, that's the thing. And and you know, it's been happening for the last twenty years. Is people like throwing alternative on something? It's like that doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah, it's still just pop, or you know, yeah. you're just a rock band. Don't say you're an alternative rock band because that doesn't mean anything. Like, just you know. Genres suck and music sucks and just move on. <laughs> Everything is terrible. Yeah. Oh, this is God. John, John Cage's 433 what? is the peak of music. Oh, God. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't have a problem with the song. I think I'm, I'm, with, I'm more or less with you, Dean. Fair enough. Oh, man. This got so depressing so quickly. Yeah, no matter what the rest of the songs are, they're not going to be better than nothing. The honeymoon is over, baby. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. You've already listened to the best Honest 100 countdown when you've listened to nothing. You sat alone in the it dark. It was between oh. seasons two and three. That was the best one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I find it really, really hard, though, especially at the top of the countdown and well, like I, at number 100 and then like the top 10 to not ascribe it some sort of intelligence like it's been curated. It's hard to resist the feeling that that was chosen in some way. Obviously, it wasn't. But, like, man, after two years of a countdown, like, dominated by grunge bands, having the number 100 It's very convenient. Being like, grunge is over, we're done with grunge, you know, silence is the new grunge, whatever, alternative, alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, but, like, it's like, cool, that's... 
if if someone was making this countdown intentionally, mm. that's them closing the book on grunge. I don't think that's going to happen. We're probably going to have to talk about more grunge songs than I want to, which yeah. is any. Potentially. Um, oh, or even y- better. We're talking about post-grunge. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just like, I, I, I found it hard to not read that into it as much as it, you know, no one is crafting this Well, this if, t- if tomorrow we get that a- That we know of. Yeah, conspiracy, exactly. Conspiracy. Ex- if we get a- Kingsmill spiracy. If we get an email from Richard Kingsmill- a king's mail. Cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. Then we know that we've hit something. Yeah. And then we have to, you know, expose the Do you think he calls them king's mails? <laughs> when he emails he everyone he at Triple J. I'm I r- so disappointed. Just my daily king's mail. <laughs> I really I like, hope he does. <laughs> what a hard oh, place to work. we got to get Dickie on the phone and just <laughs> yeah. figure this shit out, man. Oh, man. Shout out to Richard Kingsmill. Hey, Shout man. out to Dickie Kingsmill. Rock and roll will never die as long as he's around. Dickie Kingsmill or DK? <laughs> <laughs> DK. Dickie Kong yeah. is here. Yeah. We should be his marketing department. <laughs> like, have you considered the following things for your life? Kingsmail. DK. <laughs> Rebranding yourself as Dickie Kong himself. <laughs> Just wearing a tie and no clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and number 99, they're back. It's Green Day with When I Come Around. At number 99 with When I Come Around. I wanted to quickly point out that as soon as I said When I Come Around, Nathan broke into <laughs> the guitar riff, I broke into the drums and subsequently smashed that incredible bass line. What a perfect song to encapsulate how Green Day work together. Mm. It's quite similar to Longview in mm. that yep. you really get the strength of everyone in this band mm. when this song plays. Like yep. I like I've said before, Mike Dirt, potentially one of the most underrated bass players of the nineties and potentially of all time, I don't know. But like the dude fucking nails his parts. Like you don't even notice them originally and then you'll realise, oh, that's the part that sticks in my head. You know, like the... Like, the way he picks out the melodic lines and stuff like that to go with the super simple guitar parts. It was very... Now that you've said that, now that I'm looking back on it, bass was a huge part of... Of Green Day. Of, Green Day. of, of 90s punk, I was oh, going to totally. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we all the Blink it, stuff as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. You think of Fat Mike's bass lines, very iconic, and Rancid more than anybody. Mm. And even last year, uh, throwing back to the tail end of last year, the, those two Offspring tracks we talked yeah. about, I remember oh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. the bass was very, very important Great case, for both smashing of those. it on the bass. Mm. Yeah. We were first introduced to Blink-182 with Carousel, which is that super like strummed bass line from Mark Hoppus. Like, that whole era of punk, skate punk, pop punk, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like, yeah, a lot of it was all about that bass. I think it's just because mm. those bass players were very good at tying the like the punk guitar tones to a melody, which is why that like all of that pop punk did as well as it did, because mm. it was so catchy and mm. poppy. Dare I say, uh, it was quite basic. Oh, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's, that's classic ah, Andrew with nice. the improv yeah. once again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Straight from the top of his dome. Quite a set. <laughs> As he rolls to the microphone. Holy shit. We've talked about Green Day at, at length, you know, like Dookie is one of my favourite records. Green Day, up to and including American Idiot, one of my favourite bands growing up. Like a huge, huge part of my life that I can not fucking remove I, I, I to to borrow a phrase from from the Mac attack I cannot take off my nostalgia goggles the goggles um, but are you nothing don't, but you don't want to oh no of course no. not they are 
firmly fucking strapped on. But even even if I were to to take off the goggles, uh, <laughs> uh, you would you would still find a fucking great pop song that you know just happens to have a bit of fuzz and distortion on it. That's basically like those pop four chords you know mm. like in don't stop believing and whatever the mm. fuck else yeah. like it's it's just that half a step down that's literally all it is it's genius this was always actually one of my uh less favorite green day songs um really yeah on the um i never had dookie growing up when i was listening to uh their greatest hits compilation which is what international super hits. super hits this was always a song that i thought was worth skipping I, I i never really was super into the kind of obligatory slow track on the 90s punk records mm. uh, it always felt a little bit to me of like well we've got to do a straightforward pop song to please the label like it felt like a real warner inclusion to me like warner the label mm. like i i understand why it is the success story that it is for green day it's very it's very poppy and accessible and i don't i never really embrace it as much as their other pop singles yeah, sure. this was always a song that I, I was never that into. I think it's just yeah, a little bit too slow for me. The for bound why to I went just to kind of yeah, I mean, the bound to just kind of fall into some kind of hierarchy eventually. But like, I, I feel like just all of the singles that came off Dookie, you're basically dealing with some of the best examples of pop punk singles that have ever existed or will oh, ever of course. exist. Oh, totally. And I, and I think this is included. And I think coming off the conspiracy theory of number one hundred. This ninety nine proves that the countdown is random because if <laughs> the, you would you would not ever cure unless. You were trying to throw people off the scent. Ooh, <laughs> Richard. I may be getting I would. I would assume that this came out at the start of the year. Because um, it was my mind. After, Why um, so low? Basket case and Longview. Yeah, and so, so when yeah, it came Dookie out, came to voting, out in, Dookie came out in '94, but this was released as this a was single a in Jan- January '94. It yeah. was the fourth single, uh, right? Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I, I wouldn't assume that this was necessarily a lot less popular, but I think it's just that kind of thing that. The hottest 100 favors songs that are released in the second half of the year. Yeah, uh, more than it does the first half. But also potentially, this song would have, I assume, had the fastest mainstream crossover success. Maybe it was, was less huge. of a Triple J song. Whereas yeah. I would think Basket Case was probably much more of a Triple J song than everyone else. Yeah, you can work from today, and you're mm. more likely to hear when I come around played on Big radio yeah, yeah, Triple yeah. M, than uh, anything the mainstream radio station, mm. than anything else at Green Days. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, so for the record, there were five singles from Dookie. Yep. Uh, the first three were Longview, Welcome to Paradise, and Basket Case. Right. The fourth one was this, When I Come Around, and the last single was She. Yeah, right. right. Which is cool. another fucking underrated mm. track from mm. that record. I love that song. You're talking about a great record. It's true. Like, I'm just, I Can't was psyched wrong. to have <laughs> this in there once again. It's like, great, another song from Dookie. What a pleasure. Like, Hells yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's great that I get to listen to this. And, and basically I, love the, that's I love the progression. Again, this is kind of ascribing design to something that has none, which when people do it to evolution, I hate, but I'm going to do it to the countdown. Um, <laughs> in terms of the three Green Day songs we've heard, the two from yeah. last year and this one, yeah. the first one was Inside Billy's Head. Mm. The next one was Where He Lived. And this song is him out on the streets. He's huh. walking to someone. It's about someone else. I think that's a really lovely progression. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot going on on this yeah. record. Way more than most people were willing to give it credit for at the time. Well, it's it's again doing the same thing that those other two Green Day tracks do, just being really honest, being really open, and being incredibly comforting yeah. and, and welcoming and understanding. And this song, like, this is such a comforting song. It's it so, like, really sweetly it's determined. It's totally comfy cool. The, yeah. like, the tempo is just like, yeah, cool, I'm, you know, I'm going to get there or whatever. Like, I'm going to get through to this person, yeah. what, you know, whatever yeah, that it, message is. It's, it, as much as I say it's not a favorite, it's worth noting that it's not if I come around, yeah. it's when. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, exactly. It, it's going to happen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. totally. Mm. So, Green Day continued to be a part of the Hottest 100 for many years to come. Uh, there's several singles uh, that get in. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if we've brought this up, but uh, the most recent appearance from Green Day in uh, Hottest 100 was in 2005, uh, when they released uh, what was the final single from the American Idiot album, which was Jesus of Suburbia. The nine Jesus of Suburbia. Yeah. Rock opera. Uh, indeed. Uh, which, by 12 milliseconds... Holds the record oh, for longest so song. Good. What does it edge out? Runaway by Kanye West. Oh, of course. Really? Really? That's the second longest song yeah. in Triple J Hottest 100 history. Yep. Huh. If only he included the uh, the film clip version as the single. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and had that extra. Dun, yeah. Dun. <laughs> yeah. If Kanye knew that he wasn't the longest song, he would have demanded <laughs> that, that would have yeah. been yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one that they put in. Yeah. But isn't that funny that. 
a, a band once known for writing two and a half minute pop songs mm. ended their run in the Triple J Hottest 100 with what is still the longest song in Triple J Hottest yeah, 100 wow. history. Hashtag Mac you think. Whoa, hang on a minute. We're going to come back to that point a little bit later on this countdown. Remind oh. me. Let oh. me flag this right now because there is a song coming up in this countdown just- whose album runtime uh-huh. is considerably longer than that. Mm. So I'm guessing there's there's some kind of. I would trick imagine to most it. album runtimes are longer campaign. than twelve minutes. No, 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 no. The as in like the album version of the oh, track. I oh, I see. Right. As, in the, as in the version of the track that I'm familiar with mm. is the length. Is the album cut or the single cut? Uh, I yeah. don't know whether there was a single cut. Oh, okay. Well, uh, this is, probably, um, but yeah, but, right. But the thrilling I'm, conclusion. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. so remember this, dear listeners. Yeah. This <laughs> moment here, because we will be returning to this later on. But yeah, remind me on that. We'll do. Because okay. We'll All be coming right. back to that. Yeah, we will. When we come around to that point. <laughs> Joining Andrew at the improv tonight. <laughs> <laughs> at number 98, this is Hecate, I believe is the pronunciation. Hecate. 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 H E C A T E. You fucking decide. The song's called By Myself. Hecate, ha, 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 uh, 98 in the 1995 Hottest 100, that song was called By Myself. Nathan, I don't want to be all by myself. Well, you won't have to be. We're all here, Deej. Oh, that's See, good, man. That's reassuring. You. Yeah. I want to like this song a lot more than I do. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Like, they are... So, the band comes out of a program from the Rock and Roll High School. Uh, before that was co-opted by Jack Black, the asshole. <laughs> Uh, it was a <laughs> it was an institution um, promoting um, women being involved in rock music. Skilly do, yeah. <laughs> so so this band came from that, um, which is cool and like totally on board with that. And I think the uh-huh. message of the song just like and and it's still relevant today, which is obviously sad. But just you know, women shouldn't have to be unsafe if they're out at if they're out <laughs> if they're out like just what you know out what the about all of that anyway we don't need to go into that because only idiots would sort of disagree with the song's message but i just i just don't like it very much as soon as i felt really guilty because as soon as the vocals came in i cringed at like the what? australianness of it no. it sounds like a demo it sounds like a like a really rough demo that's vo- great though i love no. how amateurish it was i think no. it was so much fun no i wanted it to be more fun and like the fast beat i was like oh it's nearly there but it's just not it's, no, not, it re- it's not fun enough it reminded me, me of a friend of the me julie pepper from nancy vandal oh, yeah, yeah, her, yeah. Her vocal, it reminded me of her vocal performances no, i thought it was I'd tons of fun well, it just it just felt flat it just it didn't have quite enough I don't know energy or confidence or, or whatever. It just felt like yeah. I think it's more it, of a like a demo thing. that you would give. And you're like, cool. I'd love to hear that live or produced at some time. <laughs> but right now, I don't know. And I felt bad and guilty for having that because I was like, this. I want to like this but song. You got to love how specific this is to appearing at the top end of the horror. Oh 100. yeah, it's so it's so number ninety eight. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, it's just number ninety eight. What's the first Australian come. song for hey, this hey, countdown? Yeah, cheers so, to that. Yeah, no, there we I thought, go. I thought it was tons of fun. Um, the fact that there's like virtually no internet record of this band makes me like it a little bit more as yeah. well did, did you so- find the Green Left Weekly review <laughs> no that's where really I got most of my information Great. Terrific. From. And, Terrific. The, and that says so much about that band it? it's just, and also you- it ties into the fact that there's also a Green Left Weekly review of a Tism track I'm on the drug with a scathingly <gasps> 
blast Tism for their anti-feminist message, which oh. is all the more reason to love Tism and laugh at Brain Left Weekly, which I used to hand out and sell. So yeah. I'm allowed to make fun of it. Yeah. You're a walking contradiction, to, yeah. to quote Green Day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought this was great. Like, I think, can you imagine a song getting in the Hot 100 now and that band having no internet record? It's unimaginable. Mm. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. I know it's a different time and no band had internet records at this time, obviously, virtually no band. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's a terrific song like to be where it is. But also I think the song itself, it's like a pretty groovy rocker. The fun bits to me, I thought were a lot of fun. I'm all, like, as the you... chorus was alright. I didn't mind yeah. the chorus. I quite like, like the just... vocal harmonies and the and especially when it gets a little bit noisy and a little bit yeah, more busy yeah, yeah. in the chorus yeah. just, towards like, the end. The, the verses were just flat and I just like it was cringy for me. I and then like... the fast bit yeah. was fun but not quite there. That's it. And I think the fast bit in comparison to what is a, a relatively normal I understand what this kind of thing is uh, rest of the song it kind of they could have gone weirder and I would have been on board or they could have gone more straight and I would have been on board. But as it is, they kind of have these two components without anything linking them together to form any kind of cohesive whole. Uh, And I kind of got a little bit offside with that. But at the same time, I can totally see where you're coming from, Andrew, in the fact that everything about it is kind of assembled rather haphazardly and done rather kind of amateurishly yeah, and it just, it just place, speaks yeah. to the fact that the, the the group is all about grassroots like it's just everything that they did was just rough and ready and about the message and about the presence and about just doing it the fact that they the only thing we have seen of them is, is in the green life you know like and they played pubs and social demonstrations like, oh, like and more. protests so that's just kind of what they are no, yeah, like obviously we all have everybody here and everybody listening. Hopefully, has the ongoing knee-jerk love of anything that could be described as feminist punk music. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have. I think I like how amateur it is. Maybe I just was feeling it at that time, having a like nostalgia moment for sloppy punk music. But yeah, I thought it was fun and chilled, and when it needed to be, and the energy was fun when it kicked in. I really enjoyed this track. This is yeah, a great listen, a great find. I wish okay. there was more Hikante. <laughs> There probably sure. is. We just have no fucking idea where to find yeah. it. I love that. I think if you go back and listen to pretty much every first episode of this season, it, there's always been one where it's just like, okay, moving on to... Who the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some weird Melbourne band that yeah. was around for yeah. six yeah. months and that's it. Yeah. 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 And it stood for and, and some, some that we literally couldn't find anywhere, like not on yeah. YouTube or Spotify or anything. And yet... Got in the biggest music mm. countdown in the world. Yeah, which is, you know, it, sh- it just shows how responsive yeah. it is to like, at times at least, that specific moment compared to, you know, the rest of the time you have people voting for the band and not the song. But yeah. also yeah. a lot of the time you're like, this is happening right now and I'm voting for it, and it's not going to survive oh. past this year. But it's kind of nice. We need to, nice we to bury this. We need to put this in the yeah the, in the, the time, time capsule. capsule. There'll be some serious voting for the band song discussion. Camp later this year, I will flag hey. for a band that I is very. We're doing a lot of forward selling yeah. this episode. Yeah. It's yeah. A band very near and dear. Please, Stay tuned. Tuned. please yeah. keep listening. We're Commission our, we're this season, game. please. <laughs> thanks, stamps.com. <laughs> no thanks to them, though. No. no. Well, no, no. no, no, no. If they want we'll get money. us to thank them, they can give us money. Well, yeah. Sure. That's how advertising works. We don't do free advertising. No, but I'm just saying that if stamps.com. Are listening now? Look, I swear on men on the many many digital pages that you can find on Audible dot com yeah. that this podcast <laughs> will never sell out. Yeah, or will it? Yeah, I would sooner skip a Nature Box meal. <laughs> <laughs> Surely you don't mean that. <laughs> well, I mean there are so many great options at Nature Box that it's hard, it's hard to skip a meal. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> But you can find all about this if you subscribe to our newsletter, uh, which you can find on Nail Chimp. Kim? Don't even ah. Uh. <laughs> DK King's mail. Have a mail, Kim. Seriously though, did you kill the girl? <laughs> nah, man, I did not. Nah, sick. All right, yeah. cool. That's season two. <laughs> <laughs> At number ninety-seven, this is pop with Tinkley.
was Pop at number 97 in the 1995 Hottest 100 with a song called Tingly. You might recognise that uh, distinctly Australian voice, and that is the Divine Miss Angie Hart uh, returning once again after her band Fronte effectively bit the dust. So this was a new project that uh, arose from the ashes of that. Mac, what's your take? Because... Where did we land on Frente's uh, cover of uh, Bizarre Love Triangle? It was generally well-received, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, casually well-received. Yeah, well yeah, it looks like, oh, it was okay, yeah. I really liked I think, it. Yeah. I thought it was a really good cover. I was uh, pro-it. I, th- I thought hmm. this song was a big old box of, huh. This was, <laughs> I think the, the history surrounding the song was more interesting than the song itself. Yeah, I thought right. in its, um, mm. the, like, the dreaminess of the song, at, at its nicer parts, it erred a little bit close to like your Cocteau Twins and your Mazzy Star, something that I'm always going to be singing the yeah, praises of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I'm a big dream pop believer and this was a nice enough song, but I, di- I didn't really, like, I think the, the whole, actually the vocal performance was a little bit not great, which I didn't like to realise. Um, I thought the bridge at the three quarter mark was absolutely woeful. I think you could tell this was not, it rung a little bit of side projecty. not necessarily was that because it was after Frente. But it sounded to me like the song itself, the composition was a little bit phoned in. I didn't dislike it incredibly, but like when it was done, I really didn't want to have listened to it a second time. Yeah. Well, like, it's interesting that you brought across the fact that you thought it was phoned in and you thought it was it felt a bit side projecty because it kind of, from what I can glean from the history that I've looked up, it kind of did start a little bit as a side, right? In that kind of ilk, and it was never really intended to be anything huge, but. Richard Kingsmill, I swear to God, I'm not just bringing Dickie. him in for, for any particular reason. The he, kingmaker. Yeah, he he liked this song. He discovered this song and he pushed it he hard on Triple J. Huh. And actually, some of the people at White Records, who I believe were handling, uh, if not Frente, then certainly other projects associated with Angie Hart at that time, yeah. really tried to get it shut down because they were trying to get Angie into a more adult, mature mm. setting. Adult-oriented rock. <laughs> Yeah, which well, I think she is really weird. Eventually. Because she, I don't really feel this is a very youthful song necessarily. I, I mean, I, I can see kind of that kind of vibe, but it's not the most poppy youthful no. thing. I think well, the I title, Pop and Tingly, I expected something sugary sweet and absolutely mm. something's going to hurt my head. Well, anything yeah. dream poppy is not youthful. That's like yeah. shoegaze and mm. dream poppers people in their mid-twenties. Yeah, absolutely. Like- you have I, to be a little I, bit disaffected. Yeah. yeah. I almost got like an ABBA kind of vibe. Like this is, oh, yeah. for a song the, released in 95, this is a, it's got a major 70s mm. pop vibe. Almost, a, almost like a bit of a French pop thing going on. You know what it reminded me of the most? Probably because of the airy string line and mm. also like another Australian artist that we only dealt with last year was Underground Lovers and Losing It. Oh, yeah. Ah. yeah. Which I believe, Andrew, you also thought was diggity dog shit. <laughs> so it kind of does. That would have been me. That would have been me. It didn't surprise me at all. Yeah, both of you actually. Yeah. 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 Nathan and I thought was kind of okay. One um, of those songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The room was split that way. Oh. Um, so it doesn't surprise me at all that you didn't hmm. kind of get into this track. But yeah, like that's that's kind of what it is. It was this weird kind of thing that Richard Kingsmill thought that everyone should be a part of, pushed really hard, and eventually from that pressure, Angie Hart and the rest of the people associated with the project kind of relented and allowed mm. it to be a thing and allowed people who, you know, picked up on that note and that so cue re- and really liked it. So, so remarkable, the um the shift in... It's one, it's a, a well-documented, I'm the first person to realise this, but I love the uh, the shift that's taken place between what has, like, I guess the democratisation of taste. Um, like, there's no more, like, taste makers compared to, like, bef- like, pre-internet era, people like Kingsmill here and internationally, people like John Peel would be renowned for like, oh, you're doing a peel session and that's like mm. your band's kind of like that. That was a taste-making yeah. opener for a lot of people. But now the democratization with the internet, now it's a lot. The other, Now it's like people like pressuring Triple J to play Taylor Swift, for instance. It's mm. kind of the other way to a certain But degree. also we still I, have Pitchfork's best new music. Yeah, yeah, yeah there are. To an extent, but there's so and, many more options now. And there's still like, I, I would say like the majority of people don't, research stuff on the internet to find what's what's good Miley I think there's still a general public that will only hear a band because they like play on Ellen or something yeah, true. and it's like yeah, oh okay definitely. that's fine yeah. and, and that fulfills the same sort of role but you are totally right in that there is a much bigger class of people yeah. who can do their own research and advocacy for musical yeah. acts like mm. there's a reason that like like I was thinking about this a little while ago because it was posted on Facebook talking about all time mm. greats and so on this shorter period of time in which um, 
like errors exist now. Like like you think of like the mid to like the early to mid nineties as grunge kind of thing like that, and now there are like periods where like you can you can pinpoint a genre and it's rise and fall to a year now. Yeah. Like you can do like twenty eleven was vaporwave, twenty twelve was <laughs> Witch um, House. Yeah, twenty twenty ten was Witch House, twenty twelve was um like bu- bubblegum bass and so on. Like mm, these tiny absolutely. micro genres which existed for like six months kind of thing. Yeah. And super, I don't know about super- any of them, so that just goes to show how fucking clueless come to I am. My, <laughs> come to my Halloween party. I'm playing Witch House. Oh, God, no. come, come to my vaporwave party. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> but I thought, I thought this song was pleasant. Like, I thought it was pleasant yeah, enough. Yeah, I thought it was pleasant enough. The, mm. the beat is very weird. And I think that's yeah, part of that. what really resists the sort of dream pop vibe or anything like that. It's mm. just this very, like, constant yeah, true. weird pop beat that isn't really doing anything. And it's kind of a little bit jarring i thought like if it was a softer beat then it would be much easier to like lean into that dream pop thing if it was a more fun poppy beat then it would be another thing again but it's just kind of a beat just like a metronome in the background yeah almost like, like, mic. <laughs> it's nearly that i don't want to say soulless but there's just no character to it and it i mm. feel like that's resisting a lot of stuff but the song itself was fine. I thought Angie's voice, I'm happy to listen to. So. Yeah, I disagree with your point of saying that you didn't like the vocal performance. I think if it was anyone other than Angie Hart, the song would be in a far better mm. yeah. state. It's, you know, it's I think fine. she does quite I well. I think it, it makes a lot of sense if this was just something that DK was pushing. <laughs> um, you know. Shout out to DK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought this song was okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my he God. thought it was more than okay. <laughs> One final note about this song, and I don't know, I, I find this really difficult to believe in the way that it's phrased, but according to the research that I have done, apparently this was featured in dozens of not only Neighbours, but Home and Away episodes. Oh my god, yeah. of course it was. Dozens? That makes so much sense. <laughs> dozens? No, of both? Of course. No, of like, both? It was probably like multiple characters, like theme music, whenever they were having some sort of emotional scene, it was just like, yep, yeah, bring in Tingly. <laughs> That's oh. unreal. Like, not only was it on both Neighbours and Home and Away, but, but dozens. <laughs> it's like, that. what was the song that we listened to last year? And I was like, I bet this was on something. And it was on Supernatural yeah. twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Right. I think it was uh, sound just Yeah, yeah, it was a sound gun. Yeah. It was like fell on black days or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was like, I bet this has been on that kind of show. Yeah, it's been on that particular show twice. twice. Supernatural would have been so much better with a bit of spoonman action. Yeah. This, this is, I think this song is so much more, and this is like cutting a very fine niche here, but it's so much more home and away than it is neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay the shit out of that. I have. I, I cannot comment on that. <laughs> of course I, you can't. I'm really proud of myself that I actually can't. Oh, uh, don't, fuck off, don't TV shame people. Oh. I haven't watched. I just haven't watched. I just can't. Oh, you probably don't even How? own a TV. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't watch it. <laughs> I'm not into movies. I'm into films. Oh. First of all. Go check up some kale. <laughs> I love, I love, kale. I love <laughs> kale. I'll gladly. <laughs> I'm probably going to do that when kale I go Kale can home. do it. Have kale on the daily. <laughs> kale on the D. Kale. KD. DK. Conspiracy. D conspiracy. Conspiracy. D conspiracy. Dickie Kale's milk. D conspiracy. Time to roll up to Tony's chicken shop. Yum, yum. Oh, yum, fucking yum. <laughs> Uh, it's time to head down to the beach. <laughs> time to get head down to the North Beach and rip into another hit from motherfucking Tumbleweed at number 96. This is Hang Around. Apologies to anyone who hasn't been to Wollongong. You're going to be missing out on some stuff. More like no apologies. <laughs> get down to the gong. Yeah. <laughs> get it in you. the gong. <laughs> and then as soon as you get there, it's just me there going, stay the fuck out of Wollongong. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'd step off the train. It's just Deej with a shotgun. Keep <laughs> <laughs> on <laughs> going. <laughs> no, you aren't from around You're here. You're going <laughs> to Bombardary. This one goes to Dabdo.
That was Tumbleweed at number 96 with Hang Around. We are very, very stoked to be talking about the legendary Wollongong band once again. Uh, they came in at number 50, I believe, last year with the song called Daddy Long Legs. And this was uh, one of three of their major charting singles, uh, which came from their album Galactophonic, which they recently reissued and toured in support of, playing the record in its entirety to celebrate 20 years of main thrashing, headbanging, rock and roll good times. What more can you say about this song? It's so much fun. It's sharp as attack. There's more fuzz on this fucking thing than a Muppet. It's just, it's great. I, it's got that big chorus. It's got the fucking hilarious, ridiculous video in which they're getting chased around by a giant chicken. So good. Yeah. Potentially a victim of Tony's Chicken Shop. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it's got a wicked chorus. It's got that big pub rock vibe. I, I, I just love the electricity in this song. Like, I think Tumbleweed are massively fucking underrated. And I think now that they're, you know, slowly moving back into... I don't know, the collective conscience again, now that they're starting to play shows a bit more and people are realizing, oh man, those guys had some fucking tunes, didn't they? Like, it's not just, it's not just like 90s fucking, like, remember the 90s, like, corpse fuckers going to their shows anymore now. Like, it's, like, there are kids going to these shows now that, you know, probably got into them from their parents and stuff like that. They're becoming like a cross generational thing, and I think that's fucking awesome. At the risk of wading into, I mean, we've already discussed, you know, that I, I, I eat Adam. a lot of kale. Ugh. So this next statement, um, you know, hopefully is not going to be too bad. But like you say, underrated, and I say good. Because Oof. I think like the, uh? the absolute appeal... I mean, not because I don't wish them success, because obviously like these guys are my best friends. I've never met them, <laughs> but they are. And I wish them all the success in the world. But uh, to me, like Tumbleweed are the absolute pinnacle of the local band. Like, they, they are the guys that even, even as I said, like, even though I don't know them, I feel like I do. I feel like they just, everything about their aesthetic is homegrown, non-pretentious, uh, straight up doing what they love for the people that they love, with the people that they love, and embodying the, the local music community inside their sound somehow. And I think it comes across in all the stuff that isn't perfect. Like, well, they're not good enough to be perfect. Is mm. the thing. Like, I, I, I like Tumbleweed. I have a lot of Tom Tomboy. But that makes them so much more perfect. Exactly. To me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're perfect for what they are. But that's it. But they're not good enough to be a great band. They're a very no. good band, and that's great for them. Like, like that's I think, it. I think yep. like this is this song. I think is ideal Tumbleweed. This is yep. that's it. Fine. It's like a non-pretentious. Is exactly the term for it. It's straightforward. You fall back onto these cliches of like, oh, it's just rock and roll. And like, I normally I'm quick to knee jerk away from that, as I've well documented. But like, the lyrics being like, I've seen it all before, and I've nothing it's else but too hang many around. times to ignore. It's just it's, like, okay, yeah, right. I've nothing else but hang around. It's like this song doesn't have to take you anywhere. You're, no. you're already there. Yeah, so that's let, it. Let's that's just perfect. hang around. I would love to hang around. Thank you, Tumbleweed. <laughs> I will. I, I will have a beer with you. Ta. <laughs> yeah. Be around a split. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. on totally down, the same page. Here in, yeah. in a spliff down on City Beach. Down yeah. on City Beach with the weed. Hells yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think like it's it's a very what could have been basic and uninteresting song, but it just rides on like the electricity and the enthusiasm of the band and like the charisma of of the singer. Like it's yeah, just, what? It makes me think a lot of Royal Headache. Yeah. Like a lot of the songwriting of Royal Headache is nothing spectacular. It's not like I can't believe the new territory that this band is pushing into, but there's so much charisma and energy. Yeah. That it works, and That's you can't right. help but be arrested by it. Yeah, if if, if it's similar, I guess, with the headache. Um, if another band was um like performing Carolina, it's like, oh, okay, this is a nice song. Yeah. But when Shogun sings it, um, it's like, I love you, Royal Headache. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, yeah, totally. And this is similar. This is like the pure. They sell like, what they do. The pure abandon of it all is just like they are just in this song. This is this is like they are so present in this song. Yeah. It's so enjoyable. It's to hear. in the sale, not the product. Exactly. Yeah. Word, yeah. Word, I, word. I, I, I would love. To see these guys opening for UMI, that's perfect tumbleweed. I, I'm did. almost certain it, it, it that did. That did. Of course, happen. they did. Of course, of course it, it, it was which is amazing. It would have been the best. Yeah. Yeah. And if I was to point to one thing musically that I think conveys the sense that we all kind of have, apart from the vocals, which I think are obviously the thing that kind of does it the most because they're so imperfect, so perfectly imperfect. Yeah. But also the fact that if I was to think about the choice of guitar tone, it's like, it's probably a bit much. <laughs> like, no, for the riffs that they're playing. No, that's that's exactly what makes it, it. great. That's yeah. exactly Fuck it. Yeah. It's too no. heavy. It's too low. It's no. too fuzzy. But that's perfect because of course it is. That's what yeah. I want from Tumbleweed. That's what they are. It's, it's just like, that's, it's just them. And, it, and we love them. It's true. I love Tumbleweed. 
you know what else we love? Wool and gunk. 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 There's like a parallel universe version of this podcast in Melbourne or something. And all of the obscure Melbourne bands we know nothing about, they're all like, yeah, yeah Geelong, 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 Geelong. Yeah. Frank, like, Frank, every time Tim. there's something yeah. from Sydney, they're like, never heard of this band. Yeah. Pretty whatever. Yeah. They're actually from a, a, a suburb out of Sydney called Wollongong. <laughs> Is that seriously the name of the suburb? Wollongong. Yeah. This yeah. nothing band, but like, it's pretty cool that they've been immortalised in the Hottest 100. Yeah, yeah they, right. They, 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 literally, they literally played a pub in a, in a suburb called Fairy Meadow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That brings us to the end of the first of many episodes no going of back season now. three. Yeah, <laughs> Where, you're, we've you're done in. it. We've started you, the season. You, you are legally obliged <laughs> to check this shit out for the remainder of the season. Uh, but before we get out of here, as we always do, we are going to nominate our favourites and our least favourites, best and worst from the five songs that we spoke about today. Adam. I'm going to say When I Come Around as my favourite song because it's just so lovely to have Green Day back, especially, yep. you know, kind of getting us through the rougher patches in the earlier stages of the countdown, one of which being The Snide. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your waist? Nah, my waist. Um, uh, my favourite, I'm going to have to give it to Tumbleweed. I yep, had a lot nice. of fun listening to that yeah, song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to it a few times. Great stuff. And my favourite as well, Todd Snyder. Yeah, fair enough. I am going to go with When I Come Around for my best. And... Oh, I think potentially pop uh, was my least favorite. I think at at one point I did at least like all of these songs, but I think <laughs> um, yeah, pop is gonna be the one that I'm probably never gonna return to. You know, sometimes you listen to songs, it's like, oh, that was cool. I might go and listen, go back and listen to that, and you never do. You never do. I think pop will be that one for me. That's fair. I'm going to give it to Tumbleweed for the best. And I, I, I might even do the same as you for, for similar reasons. I didn't really like Be Myself, or By Myself, rather. Yeah. But I think it showed more promise. Yeah, true. Um, whereas pop is kind of like, it is what it is, and it could never be more than that. Yeah. It's a critique of the genre. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are in 1995, and we are here to stay for the time being. Thanks so much for checking this out. Uh, until next time, on behalf of Mr. Adam Buncher. Kale. On behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald, thanks for coming back this year. And on behalf of Mr. Nathan Arison, you're welcome. My name is David James Young. Keep music evil. Goodbye. With Richard Kingsmill on Triple J. Okay, this evening on 2016, I'd like to. Well, I've no. Okay, this evening on 2016. Okay, this evening. Deconspiracy. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. It's deconspiracy. <laughs>